Good morning, friends. Welcome to Christmas Eve. We wanted to honor Jesus this morning with a family service. And so our sincere um, prayer the last few weeks has been um, that every person in this room could be engaged together. From the youngest to the oldest to the middle agest in the middle, okay? Um, so this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of message. It's going to be really interactive. Um, I'm not here to, to preach at you or to entertain you, but I'm here to invite you to participate um, in telling the story of Christmas, okay? Um, and so to get us started, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to help us. So um, right now, I want to invite you um, to put your hands on your ears and just say with me, Holy Spirit, give me ears to hear you. And I want you to put your hands on your eyes. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to see you. And go ahead and put your hand on your heart and give your, give your heart a little massage to wake it up in case it's cold or tired. <laughs> Say, Holy Spirit, I want to know your love today. In Jesus' name we pray. So we're going to tell a familiar story. It's probably familiar to many of you, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's the first time you've heard this story today. Um, whether you know it by heart um, or, or it's something new for you, you're invited to, to participate. Um, so when I was a kid, one of my most favorite ways to hear stories from the Bible was when my mom and dad would use something called a flannel board. I am old enough to have been around for flannel boards. Some of you don't even know what that is. So let me explain it to you. We had this little board. It was maybe three feet wide, and it was covered with light blue flannel or felt. And my mom cut out all these little shapes, little characters from the Bible in different shapes. And while she would tell us the Bible story, we would get to put the different um, pictures up on the flannel board, okay? I'm bringing back the 1980s and 90s, okay? Uh, so today we've, we've rolled out our majestic um, felt-covered cabinets, and um, we're going to tell the story of Jesus um, with this giant flannel board here, and I am very excited. Okay. Um, so a lot of people think that the story of Christmas began on a cold, snowy night with some shepherds in a field, but we know that the story of Christmas started way, 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 way before that, in the beginning, in the very beginning. John chapter 1 tells us that Jesus was also called the Word, and that the Word was with God, and that the Word was God, and he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So in the very, very beginning, we have God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit Three distinct but all one, so in love with each other and getting along so well that they're one being, but they're all there in the very beginning. 
and so full of wisdom and creativity and brilliance and genius ideas and so full of love that their love begins to spill over and make beautiful things, everything that we see right now. So the very first thing that God created in the beginning was light. If you have a candle in your hands, you can turn your candle on right now. And look around the room and see these glowing little candles. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And it was good. Aren't these pretty? You think about all the Christmas decorations. What's the thing that makes Christmas time really feel alive? It's the lights, right? Like a Christmas tree with no lights on it just kind of looks wrong. Looks a little dead. Um, and it's the lights that make it feel alive and warm and welcoming. Light was a good thing. And God saw what he made when he made that light. And he said, this is good. This is a good idea. This is good. So then the next thing God had in mind as he was creating was let me just separate the waters from the sky. So we had some clouds appear in the sky, and we had some water appear below. Miss Chelsea is going to assist me here with creating the scene. We've got kids have all got different pieces. So if you have a cloud or a, or a, um, a sea, come and put it down here. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Christian. So he made the sea and the sky, and that was good. And then he had the idea to make land and to start growing things out of the land. So he made mountains, and he made deserts, and he made beaches, and he made prairies and fields and valleys. The whole earth began to emerge out of the waters. And trees began to grow. Trees, deciduous trees and evergreen trees and cactuses and flowers and fruits. Every kind of nut and berry and mushroom and, and vegetable that you can think of. Hundreds of plants. Thousands of things growing and springing up all over the place. And God saw that this was good. This was good. But he wasn't done. He kept going. He said, what if I make seasons? What about in our part of the world we have winter and spring and summer and fall? If you live in Michigan, you have winter and you have summer. Um, <laughs> and other parts of the world, they have the dry season and the, and the wet season. Here we have the cold season and the hot season. Okay. Um, but to make those seasons, he needed something in the sky. So he decided to create the sun and the moon and the stars. And the sun would rise each day and give us days. And the moon and the stars would give us months and seasons. And we would begin to have a rhythm for life on the earth. And God placed these bright beings in the sky and he said, this is good. What a great idea. This is good. This is good. And then the next day, God had another brilliant idea. 
He said, what if we fill this sky with some flying things? Maybe some birds, maybe some butterflies. And then let's, you know what, not just a few kinds. Let's make at least like 10,000 different kinds of birds, okay? And um, we maybe just have one or two represented here today. Um, and then let's fill the ocean with all kinds of things that swim, like whales and fish and, and things that are so small, you need a microscope to see them. And they won't invent a microscope for a few thousand years. So it'll just be a mystery. And we'll fill this ocean. Do you know, we have only discovered in 2023, we've only explored 5% of the world's oceans. 5%. And... No one has any idea how many different kinds of creatures actually live in the sea, okay? All in a day's work for the Lord Almighty. Just one little day for his imagination. So at the end of that day, he was like, this was a pretty good day. This was a beautiful day. We created all kinds of things. And then the next day, if that wasn't fun enough, he said, let's make some animals, Let's make some animals. Let's fill the earth with things that, that run and play and, and do all kinds of interesting things. The wild thing about all of this is that he just spoke his ideas into existence. He just spoke. And, you know, the smartest people in the world have put their brains together and there's all kinds of arguments about how many species are actually on the planet. Between the things in the ocean and the animals and the plants and the trees. I read so many different articles trying to give you a nice neat number today. And the conclusion I came to is no one has any flipping idea. Maybe 8 million was like a guess. But no one has any idea how many different varieties of things that God made by just speaking a word. I have a question for you. Has anyone in here ever created something out of nothing just by talking? Raise your hand. Just one thing. Any one thing? You made something without talking? Okay, what about eight million things? All right? It's kind of mind-blowing, isn't it? And God saw that all of this was good. It was so good. But he wasn't done. He wasn't done. He had his best work yet to do. And you guys know what his best work was, the crown of his creation, his masterpiece. He said, let us make people who will look like us, who will be in our image, who will be our children, who will be our family. And he took a scoop of dust that he had created and he breathed a big breath into it. And he created the best part of all. Yes. He created people. Justice, bring me the other one up here. All kinds of people to fill the earth. The crown of his creation. The best part of all. Us. And God's hope and his dream was that people would fill the earth, would make more families, more sons, more daughters, more brothers, more sisters, and that we would love each other the same way that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were loving each other. 
that we would always be patient, that we would always be kind, that we'd always be generous to each other, that we'd always be in sync, getting along, speaking with honor, uplifting one another, serving one another, enduring with one another. That was his, that was his plan. That was his dream. And you know what happened next, right? One by one by one by one, every single person on the planet began to fail at God's plan. Okay, we grew discontent. We tried taking things that don't belong to us. We began trying to hide from God. We began to grow jealous of other people. We began to take advantage of each other and harm each other. We began to try to achieve glory and grasp for fame that we didn't deserve, that didn't belong to us. We began to desire riches more than righteousness and our own glory more than a relationship. And so as the more the people filled this beautiful earth that God made, the more the darkness and the sadness began to grow, the farther from God our hearts grew and the heavier his heart became. Um, if you're holding a candle with a light on right now, I'm going to invite you to actually turn it off. As we think for a minute about all of the sin and pain and death that has swallowed us up in this life. And we're going to pause for just a minute. And I want you to look at the person I'm next to you and think for just a moment and just begin to mention out loud, what's some of the sin that you've seen kind of ruin people's lives, your own life or, or the lives of people around you? What's some of the sadness you've experienced or death or loss that you've experienced? Just for a minute here, begin to mention to the people around you. And so the human race was drowning in darkness, and no matter, no matter how many rules we had, we just couldn't act right enough to stay friends with God. No matter how many great prophets or good kings we had, we couldn't be led back into right relationship with God. They couldn't figure out how to deliver us. But God never, ever, ever, ever gave up on his dream to have his beautiful earth filled with people who loved him and loved each other. And he began to send messengers with promises about his plan. He's the ultimate artist, the master creator, and he came up with a beautiful plan and he began to send messengers with words, with promises about what he was going to do. We're gonna hear from some of the messengers right now. Therefore, the Lord himself. 
himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 7 through 14. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he sees what his eyes see, or decide, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness shall be the belt of his loins. Behold, my spirit whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A, a bruised reed he will not break, and a, family, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands wait for his law. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to people on it and the spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for people, a light for the nations, to open your eyes, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison who sit in darkness. Thank you, messengers. Wow, this, this rescuer sounds pretty amazing, doesn't he? He sounds powerful. And where on earth is God going to find someone this good with a heart that's this right, that's able to discern this well? The last time we checked, there wasn't anyone on earth this good. Everyone was failing. There wasn't a leader that was capable enough. There wasn't a king that was true enough and right enough. There wasn't a prophet that could get it together enough. There wasn't a people that had their hearts right. Let me ask you a question. Um, have you ever drawn a picture or colored a picture, or painted a picture? Anyone? Some of you, it might have been a while. Some of you probably did it this morning, okay? All right, anybody ever play with Play-Doh or clay? Make little creations out of Play-Doh or clay, okay? Or build something with Legos, maybe make a whole little world out of Legos. Yeah, it's so fun to create. Now, when you got done drawing your picture or, or making your Play-Doh people or your Lego world, did you ever think to yourself, man, this looks so great. 
I think I want to become a Lego person and enter the Lego world. Or, wow, this picture we made up here is so cool. Maybe I'll become one of these flannel pieces right here and live a whole life on the flannel board. Anyone? Anyone ever think that? Maybe I'll turn myself into a Play-Doh person and live with the Play-Doh people. Anyone ever think that? No. But this is what God did for us. He searched the earth high and low. He looked at what he made and he said, there is no one to order this right. I'm going to have to go myself. And the all-wise, all-powerful, all-knowing, wise one stooped so low, so low. And he entered our world and, and became one of us with humility. And he submitted himself to the things he created. So all of a sudden, the king of the universe actually needs the sun that he created to get his vitamin D. Right? He needs the, the sea. He starts living by the seasons that were his idea. <laughs> he took the, the grass and they dried it out to give him a place to lay when he was born. <laughs> the food, the, the world that he'd filled with fruits and vegetables, suddenly he was dependent on that food. Like, isn't this mind-blowing, the humility of God? The animals that he created, suddenly he's riding on them and eating them and using them as, as the rest of us do. This dirt that he created and breathed life into create us every day. He's sinking his toes into and having to wash his feet off with. The inexhaustible God put himself in a position where he would become weary and tired. The untouchable king put himself in a position where clouds were going to clobber him. <laughs> and the trees that he created, these beautiful trees that were made to give life, would eventually be cut into pieces and used as an instrument to torture him and kill him. The humility of God is amazing. The creator joined the ranks of his creation in order to redeem his creation. And every good and beautiful thing that we see in the world today was his idea and originated in his heart. Everything that's truly ugly and evil and despicable comes from the darkness. In John 1, we read that Jesus was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm going to invite you to turn your candles back on. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm also going to invite um, Mary and baby Jesus to come forward. You know, the moment that God came to earth as one of us, he looked just like an ordinary kid. He 
might have been cute like this ordinary kid right here. But he looked just like one of us. And there was, you know, again, like people can't really tell you how many people were on the earth at the time Jesus was born. But we know there was at least 45 million people just in the Roman Empire where Jesus grew up. And there was only a handful of people that recognized him when he came. We heard over the last few weeks about Zechariah and his wife, a super old guy, super old woman, and their miracle baby. They recognized Jesus when he was coming. There was an old man named Simeon and an old woman named Anna who were praying all the time. That's probably the only reason they recognized him when he was coming. His mom saw an angel. Joseph saw an angel. So they knew who he was when he came. And there was a few wise men and a few common folk who also got the memo that Jesus was here. But this is only a handful of people in a world full of people. And the question this morning is, do we have eyes to see him? Do we have eyes to really see him, to see past just the cute little baby face and to see the God who's so big, who made so much, who's so wise and all-knowing? Thank you for listening to the Detroit Church Podcast. We'd love you to subscribe, like, and rate. And if you're not already, you can follow us on social media by searching for Detroit Church.